All right, y'all, let's dive into where we're going for the next few weeks. Obviously, I'm not going to be preaching next week because we have the Christmas play. But for the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into something that I think is going to be really, really fun and really cool. And to introduce it, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with you guys. So if you have your phones, pull your phones out. And in just a second, we're going to take a poll. But before we take a poll, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys would be honest and you would say to me, Pastor, I think that, 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 that um, as we dive into this, we, you would be honest and say that sometimes during the year, I have a little bit of excessive Netflix and chill time or excessive Hulu and cheer time. Okay. I haven't hit some of you yet. How about excessive scrolling on Facebook? Uh-huh. How about anybody got an excessive eating disorder? Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Listen, we do things excessively. We binge things. Somebody say amen. amen. And, so, um, and so I wanted to have a little bit of fun. If you have your, if you have your phones, I'm going to give you guys a quiz. And I, I know that how many of y'all watch different series online? Uh, either e on TV or whatever. Okay, okay. So we're, I'm about to learn a lot about my church family. Because I'm about to quiz you on which one of these five different series are the most binge, bingeful series that we, we have seen in the last 10 years. So if you have your phone, put in your text message thing, you're sending to 22333, write that, 22333, and the message that you are sending is Josh Pogue 444. Josh Pogue 444. Okay, so whenever you get that in, you're sending it to 22333, and the message that you're sending is Josh Pogue, 444. And what you should get, it says you've joined Josh Pogue's session, Josh Pogue, 444. When you're done, reply, leave. Okay, so here's the question. Everybody set that up, 22333, and you're texting Josh Pogue, 444. Here's the poll. Could you put the poll up real quick? Which one, oh, over here. Which one of these five shows is the most binge-worthy shows? Okay, here we go. The first one is for us old people. Law and order. Then you have, now this is over like the past 10 years. What was the most binge worthy out of all these shows? Then you have Prison Break. Then we have Stranger Things, You, and we have Riverdale. So after you message, two, two, three, two, three, Josh, four, 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 it puts you in it. You pick which one that you felt was the most binge worthy of them all. We're about to learn a few things about each other. Here we go. Uh-oh, Law and Order's catching up. The old people are getting in. Come on. Strain oh, oh, Law and Order took it. I love it. I love it. We're, I'm going to give it 10 more seconds. 10 more seconds. It's the most binge-worthy show. Uh-oh, 37, 36, 35. Come on. Okay, so y'all would say, as a church family, we would say, I know why y'all chose Stranger Things, because I preached a whole series over it. That's what y'all did. They're like, oh, I know that one. He preached a series on. Okay, so we got Stranger Things and we got Law and Order that you would say is the most binge-worthy shows. Thank you so much for taking that poll. Okay, we're going to dive into binging real quick. We can, we can block that out. Thank you guys so much. Love to have fun. How many of y'all know the party starts here at Clawson? And man, we like to have fun. So here's what a binge is. A binge is a period of excessive indulgence in an activity. Oh, snap. I got more binging than I thought going on in my life. 
binging, a period of excessive indulgence in inactivity. Right now in our culture, I would say we are obsessed with binging. Amen? And you know what? COVID-19 made it. COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-2021, well, whatever year. Listen, it made it even worse because what happened is we spent all this time by ourselves. And you know what happens when we're by ourselves? We pick this little thing up. And we watch TV and we scroll on Facebook and we binge, we binge all these different things. In our culture right now, you can pretty much name anything. And somebody is binging whatever it is that you name. Somebody say amen. Amen. We binge to the point that we get addicted to stuff. Would you agree with that? And how many of you would be honest and say that you have you have caught yourself in a binging addicting in addiction where you got addicted to something that was kind of unhealthy? Amen. We got about 60 of y'all that are honest. Let me give you an example, y'all. I I got on the crazy. This is probably the wildest binge of all times. But when the very first hurricane hit here and we had tons of people that that came to Clawson, I had just got saved. I was 19 years old. I just got saved. And uh, the hurricane hit and the restaurant that I worked at was underwater. Cafe de Rio was literally the tables were floating and I I worked there. And so uh, me and my wife, our, our electricity was out for like three weeks. And so we were staying over here at my parents' house. And we had just been introduced to the series 24. Anybody ever watch 24? You know, at the end of 24, it goes beep, beep, beep. In other words, it's saying, start the next episode. So listen, this is no lie, y'all. In four days, this is stupid. I know it's bad. Please don't hold this against me. It was bad. I was 19, y'all. Don't judge me. In four days, we literally watched three seasons of 24. You know what that means? That means in four days, you know how many hours is in four days? Math people, help me out. Four days, 24 times, 96, there we go. Yeah, 96, in 96 hours, we watched 55 and a half hours of television. I couldn't stop you. I couldn't stop, beep, 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 start the next one. Beep, 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 start. That's like, I I don't know how many hours a day. It's like like a full-time job. We spent a full-time job watching 24, excessive, unhealthy binging. And so what I am hoping and what I'm praying for the year 2022 is that we don't catch ourselves doing that kind of stupid stuff, but that we would start a new binge. And the binge that I'm challenging our church family with is 2022, that you would join me and together that we would binge the word of God, that we would have an excessive indulgence in the activity of diving into, learning more of, and applying the word of God to our lives. How many of you would say that's a lot better than some of the trash we've been binging? So the the title to the series that we're diving into is just going to be called Binging the Bible. And it's going to be all about the power of the word of God, becoming obsessed and fixated on the word of God Amen. So if you're, if you're taking notes today, the title to the message this morning is A New Addiction. And the goal is that we will trade some of our unhealthy addictions that we have, like watching way too much television and scrolling way too much on Facebook, that we would trade some of the un- unhealthy addictions that we have and that we would pick up an addiction that's actually going to help us out, that's actually going to move us forward. 
that's actually going to make us stronger in our spiritual walk. And that addiction is that we are going to binge the Bible. Listen, uh, also, I, I announced a few weeks ago, if you wanted to buy someone a Bible that you could, it was $10. And so we have about 50 Bibles uh, right now that um, if you want to join in and binging the Bible, we want to make sure that you have a Bible. So if you do not have a Bible, and m- maybe you're, you're a phone person and you don't need a Bible because you got six, 67 of them on your phone and you would never use it, if that's you, don't worry about getting a Bible. Just keep using, uh, just keep using your phone. But if you're here and you say, you know what, I want to write in my Bible and I want to, I want to, you know, use it uh, a hard copy. We would love to get you a hard copy. They're nice Bibles. And so during this series, before we jump into 2022, I want to encourage you to let me know, let anyone in our staff know, and we'd love to get you one of those Bibles. So let's dive in. Y'all ready? If you have your Bible, Psalm 119 and 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, I'll promise it again, I will obey your righteous regulations. The Bible says, help me out, your word is a? Oh, come on, y'all. Your word is a? Into my feet and a? Into my path. You know, I believe that God's people believe that scripture. It's in scripture. We believe scripture. Somebody say amen. amen. So we believe that is the truth. But I also believe that even though we believe that that is the truth, that so many times what happens is we don't actually use the light that he's giving us to show us the path that we're supposed to be going on in our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. Anybody ever find that to be true in your own life? You try to make sense of everything in your head instead of looking to the word or looking to God. I believe that we have an issue. Most of the time we try to find our way in the darkness on our own without our lamp. Now, have any of y'all ever physically been in a dark room? You ever try to make your way throughout a dark room? You know what happens whenever you try to make your way through a dark room? When you try to make your way through a dark room, especially if there's stuff in the room, you begin to stumble your way through the room, right? You stumble your way. Sometimes you fall and you get bruises on your shins because you can't see. And literally all you needed in order to get your way through that room is simply a flashlight. I could walk into a dark room, no matter what is in that room, turn a flashlight on and I will have no issues. I won't stumble through the room at all. I'll just walk right through it. I'll step over this stuff because I can see it. Amen. Listen to me, y'all. We are walking through a dark, dark world. And I promise you what's happening so many times in our lives is that we're not turning the flashlight on. Instead, we're just trying to walk through the darkness and the exact same thing happens physically. Spiritually is what happens physically. And what happens is we're trying to walk through this dark world and we don't have the flashlight on. So we're just stumbling through life. We're getting broken and bruised and we're falling and we're failing and we're falling into addictions and we're doing stupid stuff. Why do we do that? Because we didn't turn the light on. Because we didn't dig in. Because we didn't use the resource. And I believe so many times God's up there going, hey, dummy. I've literally given you the flashlight. And I've given you the flashlight so that you won't stumble and fall all through life. But so that you can walk on the path that I've given you. And so this is what we're going to be digging into for the next few weeks. This is what this series is all about, beginning to use our light, his word. And if you're taking notes, 
I want to share with you three truths this morning as we're introducing this whole thought process of binging the Bible. Number one, our fatal flaw so many times as people is seeking fulfillment from sources of the world. I know that actually doesn't have anything to do with the Bible, but it also does have everything to do with the Bible. Because our fatal flaw is seeking fulfillment in things of the world. It is, y'all. Let me ask you a question. And can you be brutally honest? Or, or something that we say here at Clawson all the time is dangerously honest, authentic. Can you be authentic with yourself this morning? What are the things in your life that make you feel fulfilled? Think about that for just a minute. What are the things in your life that make you feel fulfilled? Would you say that it's your, your job, a pay raise at work, a new, a new um, promotion at work that makes you feel fulfilled? Would you say that getting the most ladies in the school is what makes you feel fulfilled or getting a man makes you feel fulfilled? Think about this with me. Truly ask yourself the question. Would you say, maybe you're a business owner. Would you say when my business is doing really well, I feel fulfilled, but when my business is not doing well, I feel unfulfilled. How about this one? I feel fulfilled when I have the nicest car of my friends or the nicest home of my friends. But if I don't, then there's something in me that feels like I need to have a nicer car or a nicer home. How, what honestly is the things in your life that give you fulfillment? Truth is in our society, y'all, we find our fulfillment from almost everything, people, and that's dangerous, money, status, popularity, stuff. How about this one? The fittest and the nicest body. I ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> I got nothing. But I feel fulfilled when I'm bigger than everybody else in the gym. If I could just lose like 10 pounds, I mean, I would be doing good. <laughs> Listen, we find our fulfillment in so many things that should not give us fulfillment. Amen. And listen, can I just say that social media has made that way worse? You know how it's made it worse? You know what you do? I want to keep it that way, but it's this way too. Here's what we do. We compare ourselves to other people's Facebook lives. Scrolling through. Oh, dang, she got that car. Scrolling through. We compare ourselves. And you know what makes it so dangerous to compare your life with somebody else's Facebook life? Here's what. Somebody else's Facebook life is they're only giving you what they want you to see. I'm thinking that they're doing good and the grass is greener. And if I had her job and her car and her and I could find fulfillment in that one, really, you couldn't. You'd just be looking at somebody else's life. Amen. It's this dangerous place. Listen, everybody's got problems. Everybody on Facebook. <laughs> I was going to say something. Maybe it's dangerous. I'm going to say it anyway. Probably the people that put the biggest facade on Facebook got the biggest problems. Amen? So don't run around trying to find fulfillment and comparing yourself to somebody else's life because that is very unhealthy and you will never compare. So how do we find our fulfillment, y'all? 
Look with me at Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. I love this. Here's what it says. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desired you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Here's what I want to challenge you and encourage you with this morning. To, to help us to change our mindset and our attitude to the fact that this is who we are. What do I have in heaven or on earth but God? What is he saying? All of my fulfillment is found in God. Man, I only got like half of an amen on that one, y'all. That's what he's saying. He's got this love for God. Listen, my health may fail. My job may fail. My car may fail. My life may fail. Everything in this world may fail. Somebody shout amen. Amen. But God remains the strength of my heart and he is mine forever. God, help us to place our desire on you, our desire on your word, our desire on your will more than anything else on this earth. Y'all, we don't need earthly things to give us fulfillment. They're nice and they're fun, but they're just toys. They don't give us fulfillment. I want you to think about this. We seek fulfillment from things that fail, and then we get confused when we fail to be fulfilled. Amen? Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and be real with you this morning. If you're finding fulfillment in anything but God, his relationship with you and his word, do not be surprised when you become unfulfilled. Because everything else fails. People fail, husbands fail, wives fail, kids fail. Friends fail, relationships fail. God is literally the only thing that doesn't fail. But when we find fulfillment in God and in doing the things that he's called us to do, we don't actually need anything else. Here's the tricky part, though, y'all. Satan is really, really, really good at whispering in our ears and making us believe that we need something else. Amen? I want you to think about Adam and Eve for just a second. Adam and Eve literally had the life. They were living in the Garden of Eden This was before sin entered the world. They have the perfect life. They're running around. They ain't got to worry about buying clothes, y'all. They're naked. They ain't got to worry about buying anything. They're running around, diving in the water, hanging out, eating the fruit, doing all the things. Literally having a relationship with God. He's coming down in the garden with them and speaking with them and talking with them. They should have had the most fulfilling lives ever. But Satan is so good. And so Satan comes in and he whispers in their ear that they shouldn't find fulfillment in God because they should instead be like God. Oh. He's that good. Listen, some people talk all the time about, oh, don't worry about Satan. You got the power of Jesus. And you do. Satan convinced Adam and Eve to disobey God. Satan convinced a third of the angels in heaven with God to go against God. If you think that he can't convince you of something, you are mad. Satan is very, very, very good at convincing us of these things. 
So we got to stand, y'all. We have to be on guard constantly, and we have got to stop seeking fulfillment in things that fail and put our fulfillment in God, the only thing that won't fail, his word, the only things that won't fail. So number one, our fatal flaw is seeking fulfillment in sources of the world. Number two, we seek fulfillment because we lack, we lack guidance. I want you to think for just a minute about the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Let's go back and talk about Israel. The history of Israel is this. When God was literally there with them and he was guiding them and there was a, a godly man that was giving them the words and all of those things, what happened is they followed the Lord when they had that good godly guidance, right? And so they followed, they had guidance, they walked. This is what God wants us to do. We're gonna go this way. Listen, Israel, literally, when they left Egypt, they saw exactly how supernatural God was. In fact, before then, they saw God send all of these plagues to Egypt and make Pharaoh release them. And so he released them. Y'all remember their journey out, what that looks like? God literally supernaturally showed up throughout the whole journey. In fact, he was there the whole time. The Bible says that he led them in the daytime by a cloud. He led them at nighttime by a pillar of fire. They got this constant, massive pillar of fire reminding them that God is right here leading and guiding us. That is a big deal. You would think they wouldn't need anything else. And so they start going through the wilderness and they get to this big, gigantic sea. And what does God do? Hey, y'all, hold on just a minute. He parts the sea so they can walk through. And then they freak out because Pharaoh's coming and, 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 and they start running across the, uh, on dry land across the sea and Pharaoh starts coming in. God swoops in and kills all of them. So they're, they're, God is literally with them this whole time. He's giving them the guidance that they need. Then they get to Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter two. They get to Mount Sinai and they lose guidance for just, just a very small amount of time. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to meet with God. Y'all know what he's doing up there? Help me out. Somebody tell me what he's doing up there. He's getting guidance. He's getting the Ten Commandments. He's getting law from God. He's getting what he wants them to do. Moses is up there getting the guidance that they need. And you know what the people do? Say with me. Let's read this together. If you have your Bibles, Exodus 32, we're going to read one through four. It says this. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the... Y'all, Aaron is Moses' right-hand man. You would think he'd have had some sense, right? Hey, Aaron, why don't you make us some gods? Are y'all nuts? Have you seen the God that we've been following? You, do you really want to turn against this guy? No, 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 that's not what he did. Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. What a slap to God's face. These are the gods that brought you out of the land of Egypt. God's relationship with Israel a lot of times reminds me of a parent's relationship with their kids. They act just like kids. You know what our kids do so many times? Like we're literally just trying to guide them. 
We're trying to give them wisdom, knowledge, do the right thing. And then what happens is if you take your eyes off of your kids for five seconds, what do they do? They do something stupid. They draw on the walls. When they get older, I don't know. Well, you tell me. Your kids are dumb. My kids are dumb. All kids are dumb. They do dumb things. So when they're not getting guidance, they do dumb things. Right? And this is exactly what happens with Israel and God. But this is also exactly what happens with us and God. Right? When I'm not getting the guidance that I need from the word, let me just be honest with you. When I'm not getting the guidance that I need from the Holy Spirit, you think that I'm not going to do something stupid? You're crazy. If you're not getting guidance from God and you're not getting guidance from the word and his Holy Spirit, you're probably doing stupid and you don't even know it. You know why? Because people without guidance from God do stupid things. It's just the truth. And so here we go. Number two is we seek fulfillment in other things like a stupid golden calf because we lack guidance. The truth is, y'all, this, is be, this has been a cycle throughout history forever. If you look at Israel, Israel was the first. If you look at Israel, when they followed God and God was guiding them, he blessed them. He gave them everything they needed. When they turned away from God, what happened? When they turned away from God, they sought fulfillment in other things. They got stupid and then they, they, they were away from God. Then you get to the early church. You know what happens in the early church? The early churches, they get on fire. They begin to get direction. And then if you look at any of Paul's letters, you can see how jacked up the churches get. You know why? Because they were getting either no guidance or they were getting bad guidance. And when you're getting no guidance or you're getting bad guidance, what happens is you start seeking fulfillment in something than God and his word. Second Timothy chapter three and verses 16 and 17 says all scripture is inspired by God and it is useful for teaching what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now help me out. What does God use to equip and prepare his people to do every good work? He uses his word. James chapter one and verse 22 says this. Don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Listen, it's not enough to just know the Bible. You know who knows the Bible better than you do? Satan does. He knows it better than you do. Satan knows the Bible. Demons know the Bible. The Pharisees and the Sadducees knew the Bible really, really well. Did they please God? No, none of those please God. It's not enough to just know the Bible. What pleases God is when we eat the bread of God, when we eat the word of God and we allow it to actually give us the nutrition and the nutrients that it's supposed to give by changing our lives to do what the word of God says. When we do that, there is a change that takes place. Listen, if the scriptures in your life are not bringing about change, there's something wrong. It's not enough just to have head knowledge. Amen? Amen. So number one, our fatal flaw is seeking fulfillment from sources of the world. Number two, we seek fulfillment because we lack guidance. Number three, 
Guidance is given to us through his word. Now, I read this earlier, Psalms 119. Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. You know, I mentioned this a while ago. It's, it's hard to do things in the dark. Amen? It's hard to walk in the dark. It's hard to work in the dark. Y'all ever try to work in the dark? That's why everybody's putting out all these gigantic lights when they work. You got work lights. Why? Because it's hard to work in the dark. It's hard to eat in the dark. You ever try to eat in the dark? Hey, let me tell you a funny real quick. So, oh, here's a pop quiz. How many ladies did your homework this past week? Y'all remember what your homework was? Your homework was that you, was, part of your homework was that you were supposed to take your husband on a date and that date was supposed to be with him in mind. A couple of y'all? Listen, my wife could be, she could raise her hands. Because here's what my wife did, y'all. She was great this week. My wife on Friday when I got off my Hudson bus, I get the text message. She said, hey, just to let you know, don't make any plans. We're going on a date. Oh, snap. So then I get home and she said, you ready to go? I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. She said, we're headed to Evan and Melissa's house. Okay, we got a date at Evan and Melissa's house. She said, no, 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 no. We're borrowing the Corvette and we're taking the Corvette to, to Tyler. Okay. So then we go get the Corvette and I'm doing like 120. Maybe I shouldn't tell that part of the story. We go to Tyler. And so we're in Tyler. She takes me to my favorite restaurant. My, my favorite meal is at 1836. If you've never had the filet mignon and lobster tail, it is to die for. That overindulgence of food that I was talking about a while ago, we're, that, was, that, that was last week. We're moving into a new week. And so we go. So then after we leave 1836, Christy's like, hey, let's go to Brahms and get, this is funny, y'all. Let's go to Brahms and, and I want to get like their version of a blizzard because she really likes Brahms version of a blizzard. We go, we get Brahms. Have y'all ever got Brahms version? version of a blizzard? Okay. So it comes with cookies like swarming the top of it. Okay. So she gets it. And y'all ever drive a Corvette? (laughs) The Corvette does not have a light. Okay. It's got this little bitty lamp thing underneath the the rearview mirrors. So watching my wife try to eat this blizzard without dropping cookies everywhere was hilarious because she would reach down in and she's looking like this because she can't see, pull it up and boom, boom, boom. Like, babe, you're dropping it all over. This ain't our car. Listen, eating in the darkness is, is hard. <laughs> Amen? Ladies, if y'all didn't do your homework, you need to do your homework this week. And all the men said, Amen. eating in the darkness. So you know what light does? I want to give you a, a couple of pieces. You know what light does? First of all, I want to give you three pieces. First of all, light gives you clarity. When I, y'all ever walk through the church when it's dark? Yes. Whoo! Scariest place in your life is the church when it's dark. Y'all think I'm playing? Come up here tonight. You lock up for me and and I'll lock every, yeah. The the scariest place is the church in the dark. And you know what I found about the dark? When this room right here is absolutely dark, I don't know where anything is. I can try to focus on that that table right there, but I'm not going to be able to see the table. But then when the light flips on, listen to me now, because there's three pieces. Clarity is number one. When the light flips on, not only can I see this table, but I have clarity on everything that's going on around the table. I have clarity on who is in this room and who's not in this room. I have all kinds of clarity. Why? Because the light is on. And light brings about clarity. 
And listen, in our lives, so many times we are in darkness and we're trying to focus on things and we're trying to figure out what God is, is giving to us or whatever piece the next thing is. And God is like, hey, bro, I'm trying to give you clarity, but you got to turn on the light. And when we dig into the word and we allow the Holy Spirit to give us the clarity that we need, what we find is that we can't just see the one thing that we were looking at, but God shows us an abundance of the things that we're having some chaos in. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that we get is we get clarity. Light gives us clarity. The second thing that light gives us, number two, is direction. There's a little bit of difference between clarity and direction because I may, I may can see everything in this room and not know which way to go. But because I see this room, that light is showing me. When this room is dark, y'all, you turn these, don't turn them off, but you turn these lights on and then try to let me get out of this room and see what happens from right here. I can predict to you some of what's going to happen. First of all, one of these stairs I'm going to trip on. It's going to happen. Oh, hopefully I'll trip on the stairs and not just go off the stage. Trip on one of the stairs. Then I get down there and I start to crawl because I don't want to get my shins busted. And then boom, I hit my head on one of these chairs. So then I stand up because I don't want to hit my head again and I find the aisle. Okay. But I can't see that the aisle's straight. So I start walking and boom, I hit that side. Of, that's what happens when you walk in darkness, right? I have no direction. I do not know the path to take. But when the light is clicked on, I can walk down the stairs. I can see the path, even though everything else out here could stop me from the path that God has for me. Then, listen, I can see the path that he wants me to go. Light gives us clarity. Light shows us direction. Listen, so many times in our lives, we go to God and we say, I need direction. I need direction. I need direction. And he's thinking to himself, I sure wish you'd open the Bible. God, I wish you'd open the Bible. Because I've given you the direction for like 98% of your life in the Bible. If you just read the Bible, you'd get direction. Amen? Light gives us clarity. Light gives us direction. Number three, light gives us confidence. Listen, you turn them lights off, I am no longer confident in getting out of this room. You know what I'm going to be doing? Okay, there's one. There's, there's two. And then I get down here. You know what I'm doing? And wh why am I doing that? Because I am not confident in the direction that I'm moving. But when light kicks on, you know what I can do? I don't even need to go down the stairs. When the light is kicked on, I have confidence that I can walk out of here. I can go exactly. I can run around this church preaching to you guys. When it's light, I can do that. When it's dark, I cannot. Why? Because light gives us confidence. And when you know that you are walking in light and you are not walking in darkness, it doesn't matter what Satan throws at you. It doesn't matter how he comes at you. I'm confident that I'm moving in the direction that God has for me because my light is giving me the confidence that I need. <clears throat> light. There's so many cool things about light. Clarity, direction, confidence. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Y'all shouldn't have ran. <laughs> it's, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
because you have rejected knowledge. Oof. I will also reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Golly. He, did, he didn't even come just at me. He came at my kids. Because you went against the direction that I told you to go. I'm coming against you and your kids because you did not lead them the way that you were supposed to. Yo, I know that we put a lot of emphasis here at Clawson on the Holy Spirit. We have a whole miracle night. How many of y'all came to miracle night last week? We had three, right at 300 at Miracle Night. It was the biggest Miracle Night we've ever had. Hey, hey, how many of y'all received a miracle at Miracle Night last week? Anybody? Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Wow. I, I know of about 12, like legit miracles. When you come and you start expecting God to move, you ask God to move, you fast for God to move, and he moves. It's the craziest thing. When you come and you don't expect anything, he doesn't move. Amen? So what should we do? We should come expecting. Somebody say amen. amen. And so we came and, 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 and miracle night and all of the things. I don't know where I'm going, y'all. Okay. So we put here at Clawson, we put a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And that's because we believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the life that God's called us to live. He empowers us to be the witnesses that he's called us to be in the world. But listen, as much emphasis as put on the Holy Spirit needs to be put on this thing right here. Because I can't tell you how many people that I have seen that thought they were following the Holy Spirit and yet tons and tons of what they were doing was contradicting this thing. And I can promise you the Holy Spirit is not contradicting the word of God. So the Holy Spirit is so important. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. Walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is so important. But just as that is important is knowing the truth. Because this is all truth right here. And if anything that we do is coming against this, it's not of God. So this is so, so, so important. Amen. And when we know the truth, we can be confident that what we're being led by in our spirit is truth. So in 2022, as a church family, we're going to binge the Bible together. We're not going to make the mistake of seeking fulfillment in things of the world. We're not going to have a lack of guidance. We are going to receive our guidance from the word of God. How many of y'all will join me in that? Amen. A few of y'all, thank God. <laughs> well, you guys will be rewarded. Everywhere else, y'all need to be at the altar. Hey, would y'all stand with me this morning? I cannot express to you how important it is for you to know this book. It's not just a book. It's God breathing life into us through his story and his word. Amen? I want to ask our, our worship team to come and join me up on the stage. And hey, before we dive into the altar call, I want to give you your first challenge. I try to give you a challenge every week. Here's your challenge for this week. You ready? Your word is a, 
a, a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. That comes out of Psalms 119. Psalms 119 is the biggest chapter in the Bible. Okay? Y'all know what Psalms 119 is about? Let me help you. Psalms 119 is David's love letter about this God's word. Him writing how much he loves God's law and God's decree and how a young man can find purity in following the laws and the decrees of God. So here's my challenge for you this week before we dive into the altar call. My challenge for you this week is would you, would you give up a TV show or an episode of something or a Facebook 30-minute scroll that got you nothing? And would you replace that time, one time this week, with reading Psalms chapter 119 and eating it? Don't just, don't just blow through it. Meditate on it. Read it. Give it about 20 to 30 minutes as you go down and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you as you're digging into Psalms 119. How many of you will do that with me this week? Oh, fantastic. Hey, keep your hands up real quick. Heavenly Father, use the word this week to speak to your people. Use the word this week to enlighten us. Use the word this week. This this word, God, as we eat it. God, I pray as they read Psalms 119 this week, give us a desire to hunger and thirst for your word. And Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask our altar team to join me up here. Listen, I don't believe in meeting together and having preaching and not having altar time. I always believe in allowing the Holy Spirit to move. I know this would be kind of an odd altar call. Hey, if you're going to read your Bible this year, would you come up to the front? No, no. So here's what I want to do. I believe that some things that we've been praying for at Miracle Night and through different times, I believe we need to continue to work and pray for those things. I believe there are people in here that still need healing and you need prayer. I believe there are people that are in here that want to walk with God. You have this desire to walk with God, but you have not made that commitment. You've counted the cost and counted the cost and counted the cost. This morning, you're not following the Lord and I believe the Holy Spirit's tugging you and pulling on you. The Bible says no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit pulls, leads, guides. If you're here this morning and you know that you need to be at the altar, whether that's you need to repent and you need to fall in line with what God has for you, whether that's healing or whether that's any other type of prayer that you need. If you need to be at the altar this morning, or maybe you just want to step out and come down and worship as we love on God through this song. If you need to be down here right now, would you step out and would you come? Let's sing this song together right now. Come on.